0: ask you to turn to Genesis chapter one we're um, going to talk a little bit about the kingdom foundation I challenged you the last few weeks about what what do you, what do you know about the kingdom what what is the kingdom to you um, what did Jesus preach when he was on the earth and uh, we talked about that we talked about where it began the beginning of the kingdom where that first started at and I want to just go back because um, and take a look at that. I'm going to go back to Genesis. Listen, if you if you see what we want you to see about the kingdom and God's authority through the kingdom of God, once you see that, you can't unsee it. It's kind of like once you, you go buy a new automobile and it's a red automobile and you think nobody else has a red truck like you got a red truck. And then you don't see them around, then you go get a red truck, and then you're like, oh, there's one there, and then there's one there, and there's one there. Once you see the things on the kingdom, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And everything that's going to do, it's going to begin to, you're going to begin to start reading the word of God, and you're going to start seeing things through a kingdom mindset. You're going to start seeing things through the principle of the kingdom. But once we lay this foundation down, I want you to be able to see it. And once you see it, then you're going to be able to grasp that, and you're going to be able to walk in that, and things are going to be a little bit different. So I'm going to start off with Genesis chapter 1. I want to look at verse 26. I'm going to read 26 through 31. But I wanted to give you that paper tonight because there's some definitions that I want you to look at. I think you need to know those definitions once you have a clear clear understanding of those definitions, then you're going to be able to realize what it is that God really wants for us, okay? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I did it good this time. Last time I said Genesis 2, 26. There you go. See, that's why I went by that, but it's 1, Genesis 1, 26, Um, of course, we know that in Genesis one twenty six, he had gone through the first five days. This is what, what happened on day one. This is what happened on day two, day three, four, and five. And when we get to Genesis 26 in the first chapter, he talks about letting us make man in our own image. So verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and every other living thing that moves on the earth. Did I actually give you that scripture on your handout? Okay. Um, so I wanted, I wanted to look at, uh, if you'll look, look back, he said, let's go back to verse 26. In verse 26, he actually said, Uh, Let us make man in our own image according to the likeness and let them have dominion. Say that with me. Let them have dominion. Everybody, let them have dominion. So I wanted you to be able to look at this word dominion because if this was the very beginning of how God created everything to be and he says, let them have dominion, the question that I have for you is is did that change? Did that change and God decide not to let you have dominion? Did it change and he said, okay, you didn't do well with dominion, so I'm going to take that back and give that to somebody else. See, it's all the same, and it still goes for today. Even though we're looking at 6,000 years later, we are looking at and we see how God created and his intent for mankind, so he wanted us to be able to have dominion. Yep, male and female. He wanted us to have dominion. Everybody say us. He wanted us to have dominion. So he also said in verse 28. He goes on in verse 28 and he says, um, "So God created. Uh, yeah, here we go. God created a man in His image and His likeness. He created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth.'" And I underlined this next word, subdue it. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves along the earth. So God has allowed us to be able to have dominion, and he says with dominion, subdue that. What does that mean? What does it really mean when he talks about to subdue? So on your your handout, I, I think I put the definition there. Um, that's a Hebrew word, kabash, and it literally means a primitive root, and it means to tread down. Is that in your notes? To tread down. It literally means to um, subjugate. And to subjugate literally means to bring under control or have governance over. Okay? To subdue. If you're going to subdue something, to tread down, hence negatively to disregard positively to conquer. And I think that's what I asked you to fill in that, that word. That word in there, I believe, is to, con- to conquer. So you conquer or you subjugate, meaning you have governance over. Are you with me? He says, if you're going to subdue it, if you're going to fill the earth, then you're going to have to subdue it. And that means when you fill the earth, populate the earth, Men and women did a good job populating the earth, right? And and it's like, now you've got to subdue it. And that is not just the the atmosphere that you're in, but it's wherever you go. You're going to have that. And I want us to really look at this word subdue. As we look at that, we realize that it also means um, to have control over. It means to force. It means to keep under or keep... Control, if I could say it that way, to bring in subjection, to bring it into subjection. So when you subdue something, you are ab- actually able to conquer it. You're actually able to bring it under control or you're actually able to govern over it. OK, we're to govern over it. And when he talks about that, that's the same. It's a very similar word to the word dominion. Dominion. Let's talk about dominion real quick. Dominion is used over 27 times in the Old Testament, that word dominion. And that word dominion is a Greek word, and it's pronounced rada, rada. And it means dominion. Everybody say dominion. And it, and it literally means to tread down also, similar to, to uh, subdue. It also means to subjugate, meaning to bring in under control or governance. It also means specifically to to crumble off, it also means to reign or rule. And I think that's what I want you to write in there. It means to reign or rule. If you're going to have dominion, God wants mankind to have dominion. From the very beginning, we're in Genesis, right? And the word Genesis means beginning. We're going to rule. We're going to have dominion. We're going to subdue. There is an authority, a governance. How how could this? I want to add this. There's a responsibility. There is a responsibility to to rule. There's a responsibility to reign. Oh, come on. Are you getting this? There's a responsibility to subdue. And when we go through that, it means to reign or to rule. Now, let's look at verse 29. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, every tree whose fruit yields seed so that you will, there'll be food for you. Also, every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, everything that creeps along the ground. I mean, I remember the first time I was learning, growing many years ago and was reading this, I was like, oh, those creepy things. You know, them creep along the ground like them little bugs. And we saw a black bug the other day. What was it? You called it a blister bug or something like that. I, I I took dominion over that bug, but it doesn't mean I killed it. Are you with me? So you can take dominion and not kill something. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, you can catch it, release it. I know a lot of you guys love to fish, and you fish, and you take dominion over that fish, and you get it in the boat. You look at it. It's not big enough. You unhook it, put it back in the water. That's a, that's a form of taking dominion also, not just, uh, you know, just killing the bug. So he goes on and he, and he says this. He says in verse 30, also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food. This is not about a health message tonight. Although there is those green foods that are there, I just really struggle by taking dominion over those green foods. I would love for just keep them living and then you guys take dominion over them. I'll just let them grow. Uh, um, It's those green foods, those green herbs for food. And it was so. In verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. So in the evening and the morning there was the sixth day. So God, I think it's irrefutable that God, from the very beginning, has given you the opportunity to be to take dominion. Dominion over the earth, dominion over the birds, dominion over the creepy crawly things, dominion over the cattle, dominion over all sorts. You know, anything in your atmosphere, you can have dominion over. We're supposed to have. A lot of times we don't. A lot of times we don't step in and take dominion over. You ever gone to a place maybe knocked on somebody's door to visit them, or friend or neighbor, or even a family member, and you go over to visit them, and you walk in, and the atmosphere is, oh, somebody just had a fight in here. There was an argument going on. Oh, come on, am I the only one that's ever walked in, and you're like, ah, this is not a good place. That's when you can begin to start walking in the Spirit, and you can begin to take dominion. You can begin to pray. You can release the kingdom of God. You can release peace in the atmosphere. Are you with me? These these things can begin to change how you feel. So God wants us to have dominion. Would you believe that? Would you agree with that? Has that changed? But, you know, it, Jesus came and he walked on the faith of the earth. He gave his life. He died. He rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. What Jesus did, did it change whether we were supposed to have dominion or not, no. So we we still know that that it didn't change. And 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 there's a there's there's a time where God didn't change His mind. There are times where God changed His mind. I can give you an example when Abraham, I mean, God was going to wipe out um, what Sodom and Gomorrah, and He was said, "Look, if you could, if I can find you know 40 unrighteous for righteous people, and I can find 30 unrighteous people, and 20 and." You know, Abraham's negotiating with God, right? And God changes his mind. He was like, first, I'm going to wipe him out. And you're like, well, okay, if you can find five, uh, I won't do that. So we know that there are times where God changed his mind, but he didn't change his mind concerning dominion. He didn't change his mind concerning you have dominion. So I turned to somebody next to you and said, you're supposed to have dominion. Tell them, say, you're supposed to have dominion. You're supposed to have dominion according to the word of God. So if we're going to operate in the kingdom and we're talking about a foundational part, the foundation is we need to know that we are supposed to have dominion. We are to subdue. How many of you know you ever have a thought come in and it's not a good thought? What are you supposed to do with that thought? It says in Corinthians, we're supposed to pull that thought down and look at it, take it captive and say, you don't line up to the word of God. You got to go. That is a form of dominion. That is a form of rulership. That's a form of taking that thought and saying, wait a minute, that's not a God thought. I'm not going to I'm not going to keep that thought and let it roll around in there all day long. I'm going to take dominion over that. I'm going to pull that thing down and I'm going to deal with it. So we, we have to realize that there is uh, there is the dominion. And we're talking about kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. The word kingdom. We looked a little bit at the word. And I think I've got that in your notes. The word kingdom. It means literally. We I like to call it king's dominion, king's dominion, kingdom. And in any language that you look at, whether it's Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek, it means rulership, rulership. anybody ever had when you go to school and you're first in the first grade or whatever you get this you know mine was a wooden ruler. It was 12 inches long and had a wooden ruler. It had a little metal edge on. You're with me? And it was neat because wherever I put that ruler, I could draw on that edge and I'd have a straight line. You should see my lines other than without that ruler. It wouldn't be there. But rulership is us being able to put a straight line and have an understanding of the differentiate of each side. This is above the line. This is below the line. We can move the line by what? Just changing our ruler. But we're to have that rulership, and it means to reign. Let me give you a Webster definition of the kingdom. A politically organized community or major territorial unit having a monarchical form of government headed by a king or a queen. We can look at it in, in the biblical sense, and it means an eternal kingship of God. So if it's a kingdom, how many of you know there needs to be a king for the kingdom? Okay? And it means a realm in which God's will is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven. I like to I like to say the kingdom of heaven is when we study this, we're gonna define the kingdom of heaven as God's way of doing things. The kingdom of heaven is God's way of doing things. So we know in the Greek the word kingdom means rulership. We know in the Hebrew the word kingdom means rulership. We know in the Aramaic the word kingdom means rulership. Actually, in in English, the word kingdom means rulership. So that's that king dominion, king's dominion, kingdom. So as we study this, we're just going to call it God's way of doing things or God's way of doing business. Hey, what's God's way of doing business? It's the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at that. So, real quick, I got your handout tonight. I want to take a look at seven characteristics of a kingdom. Okay, we really don't have the, the, the British Parliament. It used to be. Um, it's not that way now because the Parliament has rule over Britain. It used to be the king or the queen, whoever is in authority right now. Um, there, really isn't, there really isn't a true kingdom on the face of the earth, except for maybe Swaziland, where the king actually does rule. There are a few African countries where there is a king, and that king rules. So we know that if, we, if we're looking at a characteristic of a kingdom, we know that, number one, that every kingdom has a king. Everybody put king in there. Every kingdom has a king. They have to have a king. That's who rules. We talk about it in the United States as a president. You know, he is technically our king. But when we, when we look at the kingdom or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we know that every kingdom has to have a king. So there, is, there has to be a king. Okay, that's number one. And that's Jesus. Isn't Jesus the king of kings? He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So we're the kings, then he's the kingdom. He is the head of the kingdom, and he's over the kingdom, and he rules the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? So that's the kingdom. So we've laid down a foundation. We're to have dominion. We're to subdue. Then from the very beginning, you go 6,000 years later, come into today. We're still to have rulership. We're still to have dominion. Oh, come on. You have dominion over some stuff, and stuff you will definitely have dominion over, right? And there's some things that it's like, well, I don't know, but you do have dominion over that. There's thoughts that can come in that we've got to take. We've got to exercise our thoughts, and, and, and we've got I mean, to exercise our authority in the kingdom and look at those thoughts and say, okay, you don't belong in here. So they, that's number one. Every kingdom has a king. This is a characteristic of every kingdom, everywhere. Anywhere it has to have a king, number two, every kingdom has to have a territory, a territory what's the territory where's who's who's the our king jesus what's our territory? the earth right he's in heaven, he reigns in heaven, but his territory is still the earth realm, so if there's a territory that's what we're looking at it's real estate you got to have real estate that's why some people are like you know you know own something buy some real estate get some land because you can be a king over that real estate that you have because you have to have the real estate if you have no territory then guess what no kingdom no territory no kingdom if you look up psalms 115:16 can I get get one of you to look up psalms 1 Linda will you look up psalms 115:16 while she's looking that up i want us to look at it because we've got to have a territory, job, houses, attitudes, your joy, your peace, everything else. When we look at Psalms one fifteen sixteen, 16, have you ever found that yet? Psalms one fifteen sixteen. Can I get you just to, I'm going to hand you the mic and just have you read that. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So everybody got that the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men, or can I say his sons and daughters? See, a lot of times we're like, oh, you know, God's going to take care of the earth. No, he's given us to steward over the earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons of men. He's given it to us. We are his sons. We are his daughters and we are to rule on the earth so that's the territory we talk about you know the bible's all about real estate it starts in the beginning about real estate and it, and then you go all the way through about real estate you know what i mean adam had a lot of real estate are you with me he had a lot of other things too but he had influence over the earth when you have real estate you have influence over the earth do you how many of you own a piece of property somewhere, your house or somebody. Okay, you have authority over that, don't you? You can do some things on that, (laughs) providing uh, it's within city codes or state codes or county codes or whatever that might be, you know. You can do certain things with your own property in your own real estate. When you have property, you can have influence. When you have property, you can have influence. I know people, some people where I've read about that they owned a lot of real estate in a city and they controlled really what took place in that city. They determined what could come in and what could go out by simply owning the real estate that was there, having influence on that. Abraham had land, Isaac had land, Jacob had land. Jesus, when he originally talked about in his inaugural address in Matthew 5, 5, he talked about land. The meek shall inherit the earth. He talked about land. He talks all about land. So no kingdom, no territory, no kingdom. No territory, no kingdom. No territory, no kingdom. Okay, number three. Everybody say number three. Every kingdom needs citizens. Every kingdom needs citizens. They're citizens in the kingdom, does anybody know what the Bible says? One of the things that we're called. Aren't we citizens of heaven? We're citizens of heaven. So the kingdom still has citizens. Every kingdom still has to have citizens. See, there's a difference between being a Christian and a citizen. There's a, Christ- there's a difference because citizens have rights. Citizens have rights. There are certain rights that we have as citizens, not only of Woodward, Oklahoma, but we have in the United States of America. There are certain rights that we have, and, and there are certain laws that we, we can adhere to, and and it's based on laws. It's not based on feelings. Oh, come on, somebody. See, we're seeing lawlessness and it's based on feelings and not laws. And people are breaking laws. They're doing some stuff that's illegal, immoral, you name it. It's wrong. But it's it's based on feelings and not laws. And citizens, we actually have rights. We have privileges. You, Those of you guys that are landowners, right? You pay taxes. And taxes give you the opportunity to have rights. You can now drive on a street that's paved. Because you pay taxes, you can actually park in a, in a in a public parking space, right because you have certain rights as a citizen and being part of the citizen as a citizen, you pay taxes, you live in the community, you pay for the utilities, you pay for the 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 water and the and, and the the sewage and everything else, you pay for some of those things through your taxes, and you have certain rights to those. So those, that's, that's one of the things that I want you to realize, is number three, that every kingdom has citizens. And that's you and I. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. We know that we want you, we, we want you to realize how, that you're a son or a daughter, but you start out with being a citizen. Number four, every kingdom must have a constitution. Everybody say constitution. Listen, we do have a constitution in the United States of America. And I would encourage you to read it. Because there's a lot of things out there that are trying to violate the constitution. But you don't know because you haven't read it. Oh, come on. It's the same way with with the Bible. Our constitution in the kingdom of God is what? It's the word of God. This is our constitution. This is our constitution. This book gives you your rights. This book gives you your authority, right? These 66 books, they give you the rights, they give you the authority. That is the constitution in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of heaven, you have these rights and these authority. What happens is sometimes the Bible says we perish for lack of knowledge. We don't know. If it's your right to stand up and decree or declare something, if it's your right to be able to walk in the freedom and the joy that's in the kingdom, and you don't know you can, then you won't. If it's your right to be able to step into what Jesus wants for us, you know, Jesus created miracles. He set people free. He got money out of a fish to pay taxes. He, 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 he got people delivered. I mean, there were some things that happened, and he says greater things than these you will do. But if we don't realize what the things that Jesus had done, and we don't realize how God wants us to be prosperous, physically, financially, emotionally, are you with me? He wants us to be able to operate and have joy. He wants us to be an overcomer. He wants us to be conquerors. If we don't understand and read in our Constitution that we really have the right to do that, we have the right to what? to achieve. We have the right to exceed. We have the right to be everything that God wants us to be. That's not just an American right. I love this country. It's a great country. I'm excited and thankful for the United States of America. But there's other countries that they have a limit of how high they can go and what they can do. They have a law of the law. I call it the law of the lid. There's a law of the lid that's over them that now God removes that, Because his constitution says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everybody say all things. So it's all things. Oh, man, time's getting away. Number number four, uh, every kingdom must have a constitution. Number five, the last two real quick. Number five, every kingdom has laws. Every kingdom has laws. There are laws, and those laws are for our good. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's a good thing we have 35 miles an hour on this road out here because I would probably not drive 35, okay? It's a good thing that there's laws about how fast we can drive to and from Oklahoma City, and it's a good thing my wife reminds me of those laws from time to time. You know what's even the worst thing is when you're driving along and your car says, or you're, well, we had had one of those uh, Garmin, um, uh, uh, GPS systems and I was driving along and it said you're exceeding the speed limit and I was like, what? This thing's talking to me and telling me I'm exceeding the speed limit and guess what? They were right. But this is our book of rights with authority that we have and, and, and the, the laws. It's the word of God. There's principles in here. There's precepts in here. If you do this, This can happen to you uh, good. If you do this and it's bad, guess what? This can happen to you uh, bad. So it it gives you everything, the good and the bad. So we have to understand and realize that, that there's a lot of times there's a war over the land. We, there's, we have to realize there, there is a war over the land because whoever has the land can have the power. So when you look at Palestine and in Jerusalem and Israel, all that stuff, it's all politics and it's all about the land. And it's all about the land because it's all about power. It's going on in the Middle East. It's going on in Iran. It's going on in Iraq. It's, it's about the oil. Who's got the oil? Who controls the oil? Whoever controls this has the power. Okay? So that's number five. Every kingdom has laws. Number six, every kingdom has government. Every kingdom has a government. So as we're studying about the kingdom of God, and we're looking at the kingdom of God, and we're exploring the kingdom of God, and as you read the word of God, you're going to see the kingdom of God, the kingdom. In Matthew, he talks about the kingdom of heaven. In Mark and Luke and John, he talks about the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, There's some different ideas of why that is. We'll explore that too. But there has to be a government. And in our government, our government is really about obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We can make sacrifices, but if we're obedient to God, then we're going to eat the fruit of the land. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. It's about Jesus and what Jesus is carrying on his shoulders. Number seven, everybody say number seven. I'm one minute behind. Here we go. I'm going down the home stretch and I'm coming down. I see the finish line. Every kingdom has privileges. Privileges. Number seven is every kingdom has privileges. As a citizen of the kingdom of God, there's privileges that you get, Glennis. There's privileges that we get. And and there's there's civic benefits. When when we see our privileges, there are public privileges. That we receive, but there's also private privileges that we receive. How many of you know, with the kingdom of God, there are public privileges that I receive, and there's also private private privileges that I receive. So, what happens if we've missed it because we didn't read the Constitution? What happens if we've missed it because we didn't operate in the kingdom? We're operating outside the kingdom. And we want to be able to teach you, number one, what the kingdom is, what it's about, how to how to look at it and get in it, and that it is of God. And then for us to begin to operate in that kingdom. Because it's in Romans, it says uh, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. We'll get into what that righteousness is about, joy is about, what the peace of God, the shalom is about. So those are the seven things that I wanted to give you to start with so we can begin to build that foundation of those characteristics of the kingdom. Now, when you're reading the Word of God, and I've encouraged you to read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and read through those, you're going to begin to start seeing the the Beatitudes. You're going to begin to look in there. You're going to see where Jesus is saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this, the kingdom of heaven is like this. Spend some time and read through that because I'd like to get into that next week. Everybody say this, the kingdom of heaven is at my disposal. I can enter in the kingdom. I can operate in the kingdom. I can walk in the kingdom. And I can live in the kingdom. And that's what you want for me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you continue to enlighten us of how the kingdom is. And that we begin to start understanding your kingdom. That when you said, Jesus, when you taught the disciples to pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what did that really mean? And we're going to begin to explore that. We're going to begin to uncover that. And we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to help us learn how to be citizens. Help us to learn how we need to be in this country of the kingdom of God. Help us to stop living in the dark. Help us to be able to be the royal children that you've called us to be and to operate and live in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said.